0: what's going on youth workers paul turner here from the Discipleproject.net. happy happy new year to you whatever you're doing wherever you're at i hope that your new year is off to an excellent start so thrilled to be back in your earbuds again and uh, i have a great interview today from my friend cj burrows uh, you'll know his voice because if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time i have used his intro a few times He'll be talking about the power of collaboration, why you should be working together with churches and other youth workers in your vicinity. But before we get to that, this episode is brought to you by My Youth Ministry Playbook 2022. It is a fantastic resource to help you stay organized. And listen, it's different because it's a playbook, not a planner. A planner, you've got to come up with all the plans. This is a playbook. It's filled with articles. It's filled with forms, sheets. A lot of admin stuff, uh, calendars, uh, inspirational stuff, all that you need to have a successful year in youth ministry. But don't just listen to me. The reviews are in. Andrew says, it's helped me a lot. Definitely worth the investment. And my friend Heather says this resource is absolutely excellent. Paul does all the admin behind the scenes work for you. You'll get back countless hours of precious time through the year to be available to your students thanks to this resource. So if you have not purchased your playbook yet, I'll put a link down in the show notes and you can get started having the best year of youth ministry you have ever had because of this resource, because you're going to be planned out. You're going to be ready. You're going to create space for yourself because it's going to remind you to do things that you maybe didn't even thought about doing before. And it's going to show your pastor and those in your church, you have a plan for this year and it's going to be amazing. So pick up your book today, link in the show notes, and uh, that's it. That's the plug of the day. And if you're brand new, by the way, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part today. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll get this uh, in your earbuds on a regular basis. And uh, if you're a regular, as always, thank you for being a part today. All right, now without further ado, let's go ahead and join my interview with C.J. Burrows. He is a next gen pastor and the host of the Next Gen Nerd podcast. And C.J., welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. I know. You had me on your podcast a while ago, which I'll put a uh, link in the show notes there, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, so I thought returning the favor only seemed uh, only seemed fair. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, yeah, I need to have you
1: on again. Uh, we're we're kind of coming back through several hosts, and uh, I'll uh, I'll send you a list of topics. But um, but yeah, it's nextgennerd.com. It's easy to find, and uh, we have a good time talking about nerdy stuff and ministry. So yes. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely, sir. And so, uh, why don't you give our audience a little? Uh, since we were just talking about Spider Man, yes, and uh, all the joys of Spider Man. Talking about every uh, superhero has origin stories, and so uh, youth pastors, who are kind of like superheroes, have origin stories. Like you know, Spider Man was bitten by a spider. So the question is, were you were you bitten by a teenager, uh, which then eventually <laughs> made you become a youth pastor?
1: So, uh, so I'm going to do uh, the the standard. We'll show you where I'm at now, and then do the flashback. So I uh, I serve in Central Florida, North Central Florida uh, the church I'm at. I've been there for 15 years, um, been doing youth ministry for close to 20, uh, and um, uh, basically since I got out of high school uh, is really kind of when I when I started. So uh, and I serve as the next gen pastor at First Baptist Alachua. So that's everything babies through college, and uh, it is quite the. Um, I didn't grow up going to church. My parents uh, weren't aren't Christians, and um, they. Uh, I went with my grandparents' son, but it was an older church. It wasn't until I was in high school that I met a youth pastor at a, at a church right in front of our school, and uh, started connecting with him, and started digging into God's Word, and and the Lord was changing my heart. And I remember when I was a senior in high school, I had this uh, this friend who was kind of doing everything that I had done like two years previous. So he was two years younger than me, and um, I remember thinking like, Lord, I need like, I need to change the trajectory I'm on, even if it's just to help this guy out. And um, the Lord gave me this this vision that night, uh, this kid that was in my high school senior class who had been paralyzed, or not paralyzed, to confined to a wheelchair from birth. And in that dream, I had to get up and touch his shoulder, and he would stand up and walk and wow. as a southern baptist kid that <laughs> freaked me out <laughs> yeah. so um i remember going to a bible study teacher of mine at the school and told him he said well, do you remember anything from the vision and i said yeah he had a salmon colored polo on and he goes "Well, when he rolls in with that salmon colored polo you better do what god asked you god asked you to do and uh man weeks went by and eventually he came in wearing that salmon colored polo paul and i uh I could not get out of my chair, man. I, I sat there frozen the entire class period. The bell rang and he rolled out. And, um, I mean, I didn't have to get up and you know put my hand on his shoulder and shout in the name of Jesus stand. Like I could have, right. I, I all had to do was touch his shoulder and I couldn't do it. And, uh, I, I hated myself for that. And I remember leaving school and like I said, my church was right in front of the school and I walked to my youth pastor's office and was just broken. Yeah. I said, I'd, I don't ever want to feel like this again, man. I don't want to tell the Lord no. I don't want I don't yeah. want to say no to something that He's put, put put in my path. Like this is terrible. And my youth pastor smiled. And he said, You know, I was going to talk to you this Wednesday, but here you are. He goes, I really would like you to consider doing a youth ministry internship this summer. And uh, I didn't know what that meant. But I couldn't say no at that point, you <laughs> no. know, like I just told him I didn't want to say no. And so, um, so I was, I was trapped wow. and I think he knew that. And uh, that was a setup. So it really was. It really yeah. was. And so I said, yeah. And I, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like, but I remember the first time he would give us opportunities to teach. And um, I remember the first time that I got up to speak and uh, I was a shy kid in high school. Uh, and even uh, taking public speaking classes in college, I had a difficult time with, but when I was speaking about Jesus, uh, there was this natural fluidity with it, uh, that the Lord anointed that and blessed that. And um, I served uh, with him all summer long. And at the end of the summer, he actually changed churches. And so the door opened up for me to serve there uh, for a longer period of time. And, uh, and I know that's what God's made me to do, is is to, is to, to love others and to care for others. And uh, right now, youth ministry is the, the context in which that's kind of being done.
0: Well, that is, that is a great story. Uh, That is, uh, uh, I mean, wow, that's a lot to take in, but what a great, uh, you know, origin story to say (laughs) that's, that's where you came from. And that's, uh, that's powerful. And today we're talking about collaborating with other churches and why this is so important to you as a youth pastor. And and it's important to me too. I've been a part of various uh, church gatherings and things like that where where different people get together. But what was your first experience working together with other churches that sort of or, or you know or did maybe it's were you interested in churches gathering together before churches gathered together? Or did you go to an event and say, wow, this is really something this is uh you know, this is really lit a fire in me. This needs to happen more. Right.
1: I remember making friends with other youth pastors and so that may may have like primed the pump. You know, us getting lunch and hanging out and spend time together. But what really, um, what really opened my eyes to the need for it. Uh, there's a there's a church outside of Nashville, Tennessee called Long Hollow. It's a huge church out there, and um, uh, the, the youth the head youth pastor there would do this thing he called a 24 hour conference where he would bring a youth pastor in, and they would observe all kinds of pieces and facets of their youth ministry. And this thing, this it was huge. I mean, like when we were going around that town, everywhere we went, the people who were serving us went to church with them. You know, I mean, if the if the it was like eighty five percent of the of the town's population went to this church, so it was it was big. And uh, but what I remember most about that conference was the we, we, you would start Wednesday afternoon, you would end Thursday at lunchtime, and that Thursday portion was their creative meeting. And so they had like ten campuses, and each campus had a youth pastor, and the main campus had like ten staff. And so I'm in this room with 20 guys that are going through the next week and just bouncing off each other. And, and I'm watching this in amazement going, this is, this is what I wish I had, you know, that so often youth ministry is so lonely and you're trapped in a room by yourself going, all right, what am I going to speak on this week? You know, or, or, or you got your study yeah. tools out and you're like, right. okay, well let's, let's do this. And um, you know, and I, I remember leaving that going, there's no way that I'm going to get my senior pastor to sit in a room with me and help me plan my sermon like that, (laughs) like that ain't going to happen. And uh, so I remember coming, I remember driving back. So, you know, Nashville to to where I live is about eight hours and driving back going, okay, what, what could this look like? And I thought, how cool would it be if I could get five or six guys in my area to sit with me and us plan our series all together. And uh, if we could come together and, and really just think through the year and, um, and so, like I said, i had had lunch with several guys. And so I talked to them and funny enough, it was all the old guys, all old guys, meaning older than 25, all the yeah. old guys that were like, i going to say careful, careful. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it, it wasn't the guys that were, you know, 22, 23 that wanted to do this. It was the guys that had been in the trenches and knew I really, I really need this. And so, um, we started meeting together, uh, once a week, we met together every week and, uh, it was it was so life giving for several reasons. Number one, in collaboration, we all had blind spots, but they they never overlapped, you know, where I may have been weak in, in, in doing missions or outreach. That was another guy's passion, you know? And so it was it was really cool because we were keeping each other accountable as far as covering everything. But what also happened is, is we were able to produce a uh, you know, series that were on par with some of the larger churches in our area because we were giving it up the work. You know, I, we had a guy who did all our bumper videos and there was a guy who did all our social media stuff. And there was a girl who who did all our parent connection things. And so we would come to this table bringing a little piece. But um, but we it, it, it turned into these great series. And I remember the, the friendships that we made there were fantastic. The really cool thing was that we were all at different churches, but these kids would come together at their school and, and we were all doing the same thing. And yeah. these kids knew that all these churches were studying the same thing, were, were learning about the same thing. And so there was this collaboration. There was this connection even with the students at their schools. Uh, and we would try to do things to, like, identify each other. You know, like we do bracelets for this series. So all these kids that had bracelets on knew, like, they know what we talked about last week or last night because they were there. So um, it was a really great experience and really an experiment in youth ministry that um, that I really appreciated.
0: Man, that is tremendous. I think that is so cool and and churches could do that i mean for a month they wouldn't Mm -hmm. have to do you know six weeks or 10 or a whole year or something like that i mean look that's a that's a great one month type of uh Mm -hmm. uh, type of a journey you could take just to collectively you know uh you know where kids can't get away from it you know it's like (laughs) it's like well i don't like that topic i'm gonna go to another church tonight or whatever oh my gosh they're doing the same thing because it's so important
1: and, and two, you know, one of the fears in youth ministry is if we do something all together and we meet at this one church, what happens if our kids like that church more and we lose them, you know, but, but doing it this way, you were doing it at your church, but you were still all doing it together. You were impacting your kids, but you That's were right. still doing it all together.
0: And you still had all the cool things, whatever format that took, you still had the bumpers or videos or, you know, whatever you had, you guys worked on it collectively. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine all your churches were different sizes. Your youth mm-hmm. groups were different, very different from that. So you know i think that's i think that's so cool i think what it does is it equals the playing field right for a lot of churches especially smaller churches which i think and i've said this in another episode where i think that larger churches have responsibilities i think to smaller churches mm-hmm. uh smaller communities and you know you have uh you know churches like greg crosho's church who you know uh, offers free resources and right. all that stuff so i think that's always always a uh uh you know a a a way for churches to be able to do that large and small to work together, to be able to share those types of resources, but youth pastors, you know, you know, the, the past youth pastor at a large church may not be very good at video or may not have access to, it may not have anybody in their church that does it, but the small youth pastor, the, you know, uh, small church youth pastor, you know, maybe they, they know it. And I think now, especially, you know, many years later, I think that is, uh, you know, defining, you know, there's so many more youth pastors that know how to do a mm-hmm. lot of things, from video editing to audio to graphics to all those things. And so, tapping in and collaborating together just seems like it's a smart thing to do if yeah. you're a youth pastor, especially in a smaller church. But I think it's beneficial that if you're a youth pastor in a larger youth group, why wouldn't you want to do that?
1: No, you're right. The, you know, the the larger churches can help there, but there was there's some there was something with the camaraderie of we feel alone, you know, a large church may have a staff of five youth guys. And so they can do that on their own. Uh, but it was, it was fixing the loneliness that comes from ministry, especially student ministry. Uh, you right. know, I was, I, I was cleaning up after our Christmas party yesterday and I was telling my wife, my pastor doesn't sweep up the gym after something happens, you know, like <laughs> that's not what he does. This is, this is, this is what I do though, because it needs to be done. And so, uh, it, it helped with that loneliness and, um, you know, we, that group that we met together, a lot of the guys you know, have, have moved on or moved into other areas of ministry. And it was really hard for me to find another group like that. Um, but what's really cool is kind of like what you're doing with uh, some of your your training. Uh, and there are other organizations that find guys across the nation that are interested in this type of collaboration and pull them together. With Zoom, you can get together anywhere and you can, you can still do this even if you're not in a local context. Find guys that are wanting to have fellowship and
0: collaboration and all those things. Uh, now's the time. Why do you think, and I'm going to throw this as like a bonus question. I'm going to throw in. Why do you think more youth pastors don't do this? What is holding back the listener or the viewer right now that says, I don't know if I want to do this or not. I think it,
1: if you get, if you attach an age to it, I think I can answer the question easier. You know, I think the, I think the the younger youth pastor, the younger guy who's uh, you know, 18 to 23 is really has his own vision, his idea of what works. And so I don't know that I want to trust somebody else with that. And they're in this, this mode of, I need to prove myself. And Mm. so if I'm, if I'm getting help, then I'm not proving myself, which isn't the truth. And so if you were to say though, what about the, the mid twenties to, to thirties, why don't they do that? Uh, maybe because they don't feel like they have the time. Like it takes time to do this. And it'd be much easier if I didn't have to rely on anybody else just to get it done because I got small kids and whatever else. Yeah. And then the older guys, what they usually have this apprehension for is I've tried this before. I've put <laughs> all this time and effort into this relationship and this guy moves on. Yeah. And I don't know that I want to do it again. So um, all three of those are, I think, are, are, are perfectly understandable mindsets. Um, sure. And, and ones that I've had every step of the way I've had those mindsets. And yet that's not the truth. I think that's Satan trying to isolate us. I think that's Satan trying to keep us apart from each other. Um, I think those are, those are, I think those are big reasons. I think those are big reasons, um, why people do, but the truth is, is, even if you're trying to prove yourself, having, having guys alongside you to make your product better, it helps you to prove yourself better. Even yep. if you are busy because you've got small kids and you just don't have the time, sacrificing a little bit of time allows you to do more uh, by, by collaborating. So it actually gives you more time. And even though it's been hard because you've lost relationships along the way because they've moved on or burned out or whatever else – uh, that's that's actually you not giving grace. You're 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 holding on to past pain instead of giving grace, and yeah. it's a great spiritual exercise to to lean
0: in. Yeah, it's a great point you make there because I think there is a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, fear. Right, mm-hmm. just a normal human like, will I be accepted? Will I, right? you know, will I fit in? Uh, will they reject me? Right, because I'm not you know, in the group, or mm-hmm. I don't fit a model or style or whatever, or I'm too small, I wouldn't, you know, really fit in with this kind of group. And those are all there. But I think this sets up our next question, which is, why is it important? What is, you know, why is it important that they do things together? Yes, youth pastors, but maybe you want to elaborate even further and say, why should churches, youth groups, from the, from, you know, expanded however way you choose, and explain the ROI, the return on investment, right? Aspect of why collaboration is important. So in my context, uh,
1: several years ago, I went through a really rough period where um, this church was exploding, but it wasn't building itself off of actual growth. It was building itself off of trimming the fat from other churches. Uh, <laughs> and you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. that, that was, yeah, yeah. that was what was happening. Um, and so uh that sadly isn't just the big churches. I think that's most churches now are playing the shell game with members where instead of actually growing, we're just taking people who are already churched uh, and, uh, and and just moving them around. By building relationships with other churches, there is no longer an us versus them. Uh, and so you're no longer excited at that possibility of getting that sweet family with six kids that, you know, that's, that's you know what I mean? Because, you yeah. know, like I'm taking them from Megan. I'm taking them from Paul, you know. I'm, ta- I'm taking them from them, and yeah. so a it breaks down that wall and an us versus them because that's that's not how the church was made. Uh, I think I think Paul explains it very well that yep. some of you say you're with the Paulists and some of you say you're you know like that was not how it was meant to be. So number one, you have to work with other churches so that you don't see them as competition because they're not competition, right? Uh, they're, they're not competition. They shouldn't be competition. There are plenty of lost people in our communities yep. that, that we should be focusing on instead of, man, that guy is discipled and he is discontent with his church. I bet you I can wiggle him loose. Um, so number one, yeah. it's, it, it's not a competition. And number two, this mission is too big for you to do on your own. Uh, we had a, a kid at our high school commit suicide the Monday before Thanksgiving. Whole schools wrecked, whole schools wrecked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in that moment, it wasn't a youth pastor's job to get in there and fix that school. All of the youth pastors in the area came to the school to love on the school because this is a huge task and we can't do it alone. Um, yeah. You know, the meeting that we had was much more of our Wednesday night programming, but having a group of youth pastors to work with is 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 bigger than that. Uh, the ability to, to look at the needs of your community and even divide that up. You know, like our church does a food distribution and the church right next to us does a clothing closet and the church down the street. You know, I mean, but collaborating and going, we'll cover this piece. You cover that piece. Like, let's let's reach this community. Um, The return on investment is you're actually being obedient to what Jesus has called you to be as the church. Let's start there. Um, Yeah. Start with obedience. Yeah. Also, it's some of my best friends over the last 20 years have been other youth pastors because no one gets what we do like they do. No one does. Yeah. Not, the, not your volunteers, not your senior pastor, not the parents in your youth group, not the kids. None of them get what we're going through like youth pastors get what youth pastors are going through. And so um, it does take time and effort. Uh, there are several uh, shortcuts that you can take. I mentioned when we were talking before the show, Youth ministry Booster does this. Uh, finding mm-hmm. a, a mastermind group in general that that's already set up is helpful for this. Um but you you've got to put in the time because you can't do ministry without it. You can't do ministry without collaborating with others, um, and that can be difficult. You know, there may be things that you want to do, but this church down the road is completely opposed to it, or or whatever. There may be a misunderstanding, or like this is a very small example, but we were doing a um, a rescue themed. Uh, series one time and we had all of our stuff set up for like lifeguard and life preservers. But one of the churches had a kid drown like three years earlier. And they're like, it's still really hard for our church. Can we change it? Yeah, yeah. And we had to change everything, but we, but like, that's kind of what you got to do. Sometimes you've got to yeah. make some concessions or go, well, we just won't cover that. Like, I understand like, you know, if you work in, in Portland uh, some churches are you know, pro marijuana legalization, and some aren't. And so, yeah. you may, if I'm going to work together, we definitely disagree on that issue. So maybe we don't need to cover that. Let's focus on the important things. But collaboration is not a is not an option. Uh, how you do it, there's some options there, but it's not an option.
0: Yeah, and I, I think the you know all of what you just said makes perfect sense. It, it and it certainly gets messy mm-hmm. um, sometimes. But I think in your case with the life presenter, I think that's just being compassionate. Yeah. I think that's an opportunity. One of the things is working together is you get to, you know, lay down yourself in some manner for somebody else. It's an opportunity to be sacrificial. It's an opportunity to uh, say, look, it doesn't have to be my way or the highway, which right. a lot of churches have that <laughs> kind of mentality, right? right? The big church yeah. has the big stick and they get to make things, you know, make choices uh, right. that, you know, you jump in or no, right? hmm um and so but i remember just a simple thing like when you collaborate especially in a small town everybody knows everybody at least in my case when when you know when i would get together and and by the way first priority is another great opportunity if you're not familiar with first priority i'll put a link down below they gather youth pastors together they have luncheons they have all those things where you can kind of get together and know people but through that you know, when you get to know a youth pastor and you get to know their group and where, you know, a kid comes to your group and says, you know, and on my cards would say, hey, where do you normally go to church? And they would put down my friend's church. So I would call that youth pastor the next day and say, hey, just want to let you know uh, you had a straggler. Uh, I don't know if you're, I don't know whether they're locked into your group or not. I don't know whether they're a regular or not, but I just want to let you know that he had mentioned that. And uh, and so anyways, you can follow up and do whatever. But uh, anyway, they're a good kid or maybe they responded to the altar uh, or the message, or or whatever it may be, but you know that type of relationship, even in that way of collaboration, is simply saying, "Hey, look, we're I'm not I don't want your kid to come to my youth group. I want you to be aware that there's kids on a journey, and he's over here at the moment, but that doesn't mean he's not going to come back to you eventually." Right. So, in that vein, are there some other tips that you would say, or or simple ways that don't involve? I don't know, uh, a lot of friction where it's super easy, maybe for a youth pastor to say, I want to collaborate with somebody in my community, another youth pastor. What are some uh, either examples or tips or ideas that you can share with our viewers and listeners that would be, um, you know, would be something easy for them to just get started with? I think it's the same thing.
1: When you share the gospel, standing on a street corner, holding a sign and screaming, you may get a few, but it's it's not the best way to enter into it. Right. Um, you know, if you're if you're trying to get something out of somebody, it's you're, it's not it's not really going to work that well. We always say that when we're sharing the gospel. It needs to come from a place of relationship. And so if you're starting a youth ministry, youth pastor group in your area for the purpose of, I need to make my life easier. Cause this is going, you know, you know, like that's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be really difficult. Like I said, when we started this group, we already had relationships. Yeah. We were already friends. We had already built trust. We had already spent time together. Um, and so I would say to, to relieve some of that friction and tension, these have to be people you actually care about and know. Uh, and so, uh, the way that I do it is if there's a youth pastor that I meet, I take him out to lunch and, or I, or not take him out to lunch, but we go out and get lunch. Cause I'm poor. I can't afford to buy y'all lunch, um, but we go out and we <laughs> oh, get that's lunch. That's what the youth group budgets for. But that's right. Uh, we go out and we get lunch. And if it's not a good fit, we both know it's not a good fit and we don't have to get another lunch. Uh, but if yeah. it is a good fit, we, we keep getting lunch together. We, you, you know, the guys that are, that are there to get something and the guys that are there, cause they just want to be there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would encourage you to find, if you can in your area to find guys that um, that you can spend time with and build a relationship with. Uh, And if you're not, if you're in the middle of nowhere and there is nobody and you have no association, you have no, uh, you know, state convention, you have no overbody that can connect you um, find a, a, you know, a a group that's like first priority or like youth finish your booster, where these guys are have already cut through the tension and say, I don't have it all together and I need help. Like I I I want I want community. Find a group like that uh because uh that's gonna help because A, it's not gonna be right next to you. You're not gonna be stealing somebody from from somebody else if if it's like a if it's an online group, uh but also all those guys already have buy-in because that's what they're looking for. But uh I, I would say start with a relationship. Find youth pastors in your area and have lunch. Uh, and even if it, even if you cut out one day a week, like every Tuesday I'm having lunch with a youth pastor. Every Tuesday I'm gonna have lunch with a youth pastor. Maybe the same three guys over and over again. Yep. Uh, but the more connection you can make, the more friendship you can make, it, it's okay then. You know, like I I've I've lost kids to other churches and I put that in quotes, but when I know where they're going, like I'm okay with that. You know, I've had I've had youth pastors that have recommended kids go to our church because they go, man, I think it would have a better fit over there. And and it's only happens because they know me and I know them and they care about me and I care about them. Uh, So build a relationship that'll help with that friction.
0: Oh man, so good, so good! that If you can recommend somebody else's youth group to a kid that they don't have to come to your youth group, <laughs> right? That right. is just tremendous. And say, look, I, I just think you—I mean, look—I know you're struggling here. Maybe you're not making friends, or maybe the most most of your friends go to another church. And listen, that's all good. And if you right. can recommend that, I think that's truly body life in action, where mm-hmm. the church is really being the church there. Well, buddy, I appreciate all your time today. Yeah. You shared uh, some tremendous thoughts. Uh, what, tell us a little bit more about where people can reach you and also okay. just quick about your podcast again. Cause I want to talk about that. Yeah. So, um,
1: so nextgen nerd.com is uh is my podcast. It's on all the platforms. Like I, it, it's on there, but the easiest way to find it is to go to, to nerd.com. And um, really it's a, it's a fan podcast where we take some topic. Uh, the most recent episode we have up right now is, uh, is on I am legend. And so I talk with that with, with friends of mine or family or whoever else. Um, and, A lot of times, we usually take the topic and we have a ministerial spin on it. Uh, So like, for example, in I Am Legend, we talk about how um, uh, the main character is is alone, is isolated, and uh, I'm talking to two guys who who have the tendency to want to do everything on their own as well. And we talk about how that's dangerous. And so we talk about that. Um, we have fun. Uh, I try to keep the episodes short, but it, it, they're not always that way. But nextgennerd.com <laughs> is a great way to uh, to connect with me. And we've got a Facebook page for the podcast as well. Um, and uh, Instagram, it's the same thing. Uh, it's nextgen underscore nerd on Instagram. But uh, but yeah, uh, and you know, send me a message. I'm all like I said, I'm all for collaboration. By all means, hit me up, ask questions. Um if you uh, if you're getting stuck or, or you need need help find a connection, I am, I am in. Uh, but uh but yeah, those are the easiest ways to get hold of me. NextGenNerd.com, nerd.com, nextgen underscore nerd on Instagram, or find our uh, Facebook page for the podcast, nextgen nerd podcast.
0: That's right. You don't have to be a nerd to engage. You're not very nerd nerdy. is just that's fan. Okay.
1: Nerd is just fan. I remember, I remember having we have a list of topics, and I hand it to a guy, and he goes, "There's no topics that I would possibly want to talk about on there." And I hand it to him, and he goes, <laughs> "Tombstone is my favorite movie." I go, "Then we'll talk about Tombstone." Like that's, that's being a nerd is not geek or whatever else. It's just I really like this. Is really is really what I'm going for. So we talk. That's all right.
0: That's right. You don't have to be a nerd. You can just reach out. I mean, right. of course, it's you know nice if you're a nerd. I don't know a lot of you <laughs> fashions that aren't nerds these days. But uh, good ones. The good ones are. The good ones are. The good ones are. Well, buddy, on that note, we will go ahead and close our time together. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing in your church and being, Anytime, good, and being a good uh, collaborator.
1: Thank you. And Paul, I appreciate your encouragement. I, I thoroughly enjoy at the end of all your episodes where you say, if no one's told you lately, you're doing a great job. I, I listen to the end just for that, just to go. Someone told me today that I'm doing a good job. So, Paul, thanks for all you do too, man.
0: Absolutely, buddy. Thank you. Now, that's the way to start off a year talking about working together, talking about unity. Uh, And CJ has brought an encouraging word to you guys today. So I want to encourage you, uh, follow those steps. Go ahead and reach out to somebody in your area and just begin to get to know them and begin to do life with them because they're in the same boat you are. You you think from the outside that everything is right and perfect, and yet they're sitting, that youth pastor, wherever you're thinking about over across town, is thinking the same thoughts you are. I wonder if anybody cares. I wonder if anybody wants to do anything together. I wonder if there's anybody I can go to lunch with. So go with that, reach out to somebody, and start having a conversation. If you enjoyed the episode today, don't forget, you can always reach out to me at my phone number 205-260-7229. Shoot me a text. Let me know what you think about the show. And also uh, give me some suggestions of maybe a topic that you would like me to cover here on the show. I'd be happy to hear it. You can also leave a review. Listen, there's no better way to start off the year than leaving A good review. So, if you enjoyed the podcast, leave a review over there on iTunes. I'll put a link down in the show notes below. And I really appreciate what CJ said about how I close the show every week, and uh, that's something that's just always on my heart. Because uh, maybe because maybe because I didn't hear it enough uh, as a youth pastor as well, and said you know nobody was telling me I was doing a good job. So you never know how it impacts somebody. So I want to remind you today: start the year off knowing this that you're going to do a good job. If nobody's told you over the holidays, if you worked your brains out and did some things with students and nobody saw it, you know what? God saw it. And I know you worked hard. I know you did what you were supposed to do. So I want to tell you, you're doing a good job. You're just going to get better at it. So be encouraged. The Lord is with you. The Lord is for you and not against you. And he is going to lift you up in his hands. And that's it for this episode. And I'll catch you guys next week.